Hey, it's Alexis Asadi, and welcome to episode eight of Income Investing, a show that explores different investments that produce income and or dividends. Thank you, as always, for spending your time with me. If you've got an iPhone or iPad, please remember to subscribe via the podcast app. We're also available on Google Play and on Stitcher. On today's episode, we're going to cover a specialized type of REIT called a Timberland REIT. We'll look at how investors can get in on some of the revenues earned in the forestry business, a space once reserved exclusively for the rich and wealthy. But before we do so, let's quickly revisit the last few episodes of income investing to make sure we're on the same page. If you haven't had the chance to follow, I'd suggest starting from episode 2 and going through them chronologically. Each show is about 15 minutes long, so it won't take up too much of your time. So what is a real estate investment trust? A real estate investment trust, or a REIT, is a business that invests in a portfolio of real estate. Because of the way they're taxed, REITs are incentivized to focus on properties that produce revenue. They target assets that either have, or could soon have, rent-paying tenants. REITs are also mandated to pass most of their net earnings back to investors, rather than retaining the cash. For this reason, they're a favorite option for investors like you and me, people who want to earn passive income, either monthly or quarterly. By investing in one, you can gain exposure to vast holdings in real estate, like apartment buildings, hotels, shopping malls, warehouses, storage space, and office locations. As we saw last Wednesday, REITs can also be highly specialized and invest in niche markets. For example, data storage REITs own properties that provide secure, cool shelter to companies like Amazon and IBM, who need space to store their computing hardware. Now, you might recall from last week that some of the properties owned by data center REITs are enormous. The Lakeside Technology Center, owned by Digital Realty Trust, for instance, spans over 1.1 million square feet. That's about the size of 190 football fields. But those numbers pale in comparison to the investments made by Timberland REITs. Today, we're going to take a look at real estate on a whole other scale. Instead of square feet, we'll be talking in acres or hectares. Before we get ahead of ourselves, let's start from the top. What is a Timberland, and why is it an investable asset? Why should you be interested in Timberland REITs at all? A Timberland is a broad term for a forest. It's an expansive plot of real estate, with vast amounts of vegetation like trees, and is home to countless animal species. It can also contain minerals and oil wells. Companies that own timberlands can harvest the resources there and sell them. The forest industry is a big part of the U.S. and Canadian economies. For example, in Canada in 2016, it supported over 210,000 jobs and added $23 billion to the country. About 3% of international economic production stems from forestry. The most obvious product of timberlands is wood. It is quite literally the foundation of our homes. When a tree is chopped down, it can be converted into beams or planks, otherwise known as timber or lumber. To be clear, the terms timber and lumber are interchangeable. Softwood lumber, like cedar, pine fir, and redwood, is used as the basic infrastructure for residential housing. 
You know when you see a house that's just being built and it's nothing but wooden frames? All of that is lumber. Each year, real estate construction is responsible for trillions of dollars of international economic production. It contributes to a massive portion of people's wealth. In the US, the industry consumes about 50% of the country's softwood. According to the National Association of Home Builders, over 47 billion board feet of softwood lumber was gobbled up in America in 2016 alone. However, there is far more demand in the US than there is supply. Since it doesn't produce enough, America imports almost 40% of its softwood from other nations, namely Canada. The codependence of the US and Canada with respect to the wood trade occasionally causes tensions to flare. Since the 1980s, the US has argued that the Canadian government subsidizes its lumber industry, making it impossible to compete fairly. In one response in 2002, the US hit Canada with a 30% tax on timber imports, which then killed 30,000 jobs in Canada. The tariff was eventually lifted in 2006. But disagreements of this nature live on, most recently with President Trump threatening to tear up the North American Free Trade Agreement, or NAFTA. It's a complex subject worthy of its own podcast, so I won't comment much on it here. But most analysts agree that NAFTA is good for all parties involved, although there is plenty of room for edits and improvement. In our advanced technological era, it might seem odd that lumber is still so crucial to housing. After all, it's been used by builders for hundreds if not thousands of years. However, wood is strong and durable, and is more environmentally sustainable than other materials, like aluminum, steel, and concrete. Managed efficiently, wood can also produce zero waste. After it has been harvested, its residues can be used for any number of purposes, including being burned for energy and used for composting. Lumber is the most practical housing structure for broad-scale construction. Lumber harvesting can actually be good for the environment, and can promote rejuvenation. But in typical fashion, humans have overdone it. As businesses comb through hundreds of millions of acres of land, they destroy entire ecosystems and produce damaging emissions. In fact, studies show that forests often don't recover after their first cut. We are at risk of reaching peak timber, which means that humans might eventually consume more than the earth can produce. Every timberland company that I've come across promotes their commitment to environmental sustainability but damage is being done in spite of their efforts. The demand for wood is further bolstered by China, a home to 1.4 billion people. While it was once a developing country, it is now the second largest economy in the world. In 2000, only 4% of its urban population was considered middle class. It's expected to reach 76% by 2022. This is an important statistic to consider, because the middle class does a lot of consumer spending, like buying homes. Two years ago, China imported almost 49 million metric meters of logs. That number should increase as the middle class expands. Similar trends are occurring in countries like India, Vietnam, and South Korea. Of course, wood isn't just used to build houses. It's also used for what goes in them, like flooring and furniture. It can also be converted for pulp, paper, and pellet manufacturing, which are byproducts of turning wood into timber. The point is that wood is a commodity with intrinsic value. It was used by our ancestors 600,000 years ago to spark fires, which could provide warmth and light, and it enabled them to cook. 
They use it for shelter and to carve tools and weapons. It performs the same functions today, albeit with more sophistication and diversity. Wood has been a key part of the human experience. There's no indication that it won't be in the future. You can gain exposure to it by investing in Timberland REITs. One of the advantages of Timberland properties is that they're a combination of real estate and a fully operating business. Like other land, they can be built on and borrowed against. However, they can also create revenue by doing any of the following. Selling logs after they've been cut down. Selling lumber after they've been cut down and refined. These first two options account for as much as 75% of timber REIT's earnings. Selling wood chips, which can be converted into pulp or paper. Leasing their land for recreational purposes, like hiking, hunting, camping, and fishing. Selling and leasing energy products like oil, gas, wind, and solar. Selling and leasing mineral deposits. And selling seeds, fertilizers, and other resources. As well, lumber has another benefit that's enjoyed by other commodities. It's considered to be a hedge against inflation. Investors often flock to it during times of interest rate hikes, which is conveniently now. So let's take a quick look at the profiles of a couple of Timberland REITs. First, there's Weyerhaeuser, a firm that was founded in 1900. It went public in the 1970s and became a REIT in 2010. It started out with 900,000 acres and grew to become one of the largest businesses in the Timberland industry. Today, it owns or controls over 13 million acres in the U.S. and manages vast wood properties in Canada. Weyerhaeuser has three primary lines of business. First, selling lumber. Second, owning and managing real estate, energy and natural resources. And third, selling wood products. It generated revenues of $7.2 billion last year, and it raised its dividends six times since 2011. Another Timberland REIT is Rayonnier, which was founded in 1926. This company owns 2.4 million hectares around the United States and New Zealand. It employs over 300 people and acquired over $1.6 billion worth of timberland since 2011. Just last year, it spent $243 million to acquire 109,000 acres of land. Now, we've already touched on the environmental risk of timberland properties but let's address some of the hazards that can come with investing in them. From a medium to long-term perspective, it seems that the supply-demand characteristics are favorable for timber producers. There are a lot of people and businesses that use wood, and there's only a limited supply of it. The population is growing, and people are consuming more. That should mean the prices will rise. However, timber's direct link to housing and consumer products joins it at the hip of the economy. When people have less money to spend, they buy fewer homes. They perform fewer upgrades and renovations to their properties. That can crush the value of a Timberland REIT. For example, Weyerhaeuser's stock price fell from $32 in 2007 to $12 in 2009. Investors who bought in right before the Great Recession lost almost two-thirds of their capital during that period. In fact, a month after Weyerhaeuser's bottom, new construction in the U.S. reached a record low. If the economy dips, timberland REITs probably won't be too far behind. You should therefore think twice about investing if you believe we're headed for a downturn. 
There are other risks too, but they are generally minor in comparison. Regulations and licensing around natural resources can change, which can impact the timber business. As well, fires, hurricanes, and forest pests like pine beetles can damage inventory. But the average annual loss from natural occurrences is usually relatively little. As always, remember that while an industry may seem favorable, it's still important to research the individual business. Other publicly traded timberland REITs include Catchmark Timber Trust and Potlack Deltic. Every company today we've discussed is American, but Canada has a lot of firms in the resource sector too. Although they're not REITs, I'll list a few for good measure. Acadian Timber Corp, Canfor Corp, Interfor Corp, West Fraser Timber, and Western Forest Products. So that's it for Timberland REITs. But before we wrap it up, I want to take a moment to caution you about an investment opportunity that's currently being promoted. I've come across advertisements online from a company purportedly based in Nicaragua called Precious Timber. You can visit them at preciousTimber.com. Their marketing material is specious and, for example, encourages investors to discover billionaire secrets to earning 14% a year. I haven't researched the firm at all, but I'm always hesitant when I see that kind of aggressive advertising. I'm not saying they're a scam, but just be careful and do your due diligence. Next week, we'll discuss how you can gain exposure to a variety of real estate investment trusts instead of investing in just one. In essence, you'd own a portfolio of a portfolio of real estate. It's a method commonly employed by those who want broad access to REITs rather than picking individual firms or industries. Otherwise, if you can, please subscribe to this podcast and give it a good review so I can get the word out there. Thanks again for having me in your home, headphones, or car, and I'll see you next Wednesday.